everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Welcome to the Scare Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Burton, and today I am joined by comedian and actor, Miss Lexi Aliato. Hello, Lexi. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank this you for is being so here. wonderful. Of course. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. You know, I, growing up, I always really liked scary movies, and uh, it wasn't something that, like, my father or my mother instilled in our household, or, like, we were, like, introduced to sci-fi, I think, more than anything, any other genre, but it was a thing between my, like, best friends in middle school, like, coming over and watching a scary movie, or, like, like I was obsessed with, um, like the Scream uh, franchise and like Urban Legends and like the the ones that had continued like a um, Final Destination, the ones that had parts to them so that we would make a thing out of every sleepover we would watch X X and X yeah and kind of do that sort of thing where we would follow um, a series all the way through. How old were you when when those came out? Um, t- uh, probably eleven or twelve. Great. 11 or 12. Perfect age. Middle school. Sixth grade, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, like, enough where it was terrifying to go to sleep after <laughs> after watching it. You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, because it's, like, even the, the stupid, like, Bloody Mary, like, stiff as a board bullshit where you're like, I don't know. Is it real or is it is it not real? Huh, stressful, but scary. I really do like, like, the classic slasher. I really do like slasher, I think. Um, even though it's the most realistic maybe it's that it's the fact that it is the realistic in the sense of like a knife can kill anyone at any given moment that keeps you a little on your toes <laughs> a little like stressed I feel like like creatures it's a little less easier to believe into it so you have that distance that you're like great even Jaws like if you think about it in terms of like a horror movie um it's at a distance it's a it's a killer shark it's it lives in the ocean I can stay on land Whereas, uh, like, having someone murderously roam the streets at night is definitely something that we deal with literally today yeah. <laughs> in this life. So you chose Insidious, mm-hmm. which is a great scary movie, 2010. Insidious is a story of a family and a family dynamic of a father, a mother, and three children who move into a house, then move out of a house and are constantly followed by demons that are trying to invade the son of the family's mind. It honestly was one that everyone I had heard from in a general consensus was one of the scariest movies they've ever seen. Like, to date. I guess in the newer, like, within the 2000s. People were like, Insid- oh, Insidious is terrifying, it's terrifying, it's terrifying. Um, but not, like, probably had nothing to do with preference in terms of genre. But I just like wanted to get what the hype was about it, mm-hmm. to be honest. I'm yes. like, what? okay, what's so terrifying? I mean, and I get confused with Insidious and The Conjuring because Patrick Wilson, the actor, is in both. Mm-hmm. And they both, I think, revolve around a family dynamic of some sort mm-hmm. that I, I wasn't sure which was which, so I needed to know what Insidious was. Because the movie, this movie is so interesting because it starts very slow in the way that we get it. It's a house that there's demons, that people, like, that the demons are around and, and one person seeing it and not the other person. And then finally everyone's on the same page 
And and it's kind of nice because as you follow along, they they know the house is haunted, and she's like, I gotta get out. And the husband is like, All right, baby, let's move. And then they move, which is what everyone logically is like. Thank God you got out of the house, because half the time the husband's like, No, 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 you're seeing things or whatever, dismissive of whatever concern and husband, wife, whoever. But they moved. They made the the correct move and moved. Yet the demons are still present and they're still like being seen and everyone is still being haunted. Um, but I, what is interesting is when they start bringing in the paranormal, like the the people to come in and check out the paranormals and and like the the woman specifically, who her name in this is, is her Elise name? Rainier. Elise Rainier. Yeah, Elise, that is the the psychic. Elise, in this. yes. Elise, the old woman with the white hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. woman. Yeah. Who comes in so cheerful, so happy, like so calm, like she does this every other day. Mm-hmm. And just like once she deals with the whole, and she brings in the sketch pad and is the one that has someone look at the demon, like she's looking at the demon and telling uh, the sidekick like what she's watching above the bed of the boy who's possessed. And after that, the way that she, ex- it's basically after that that we find out what's going on because until then we're just seeing the like disturbances and now we're getting getting the entire plot line of okay so the child has like he's able to leave his body when he sleeps which within itself is one plot line okay cool is that real is that something that people can do cool whatever and then once he leaves his body the fact that he can go into the further and continue beyond and search and get lost and an out-of-body experience and because he's lost the fact that demons from the outside world can enter in is just sort of it's just a lot to swallow and that's where this movie I think is this is where it gets confusing and this is where it gets okay how are we going to deal with this and I feel like going back to your original question the the thing that like i feel like i learned from that is that like be- believing in an out- believing in an out of body experience or believing in the fact that there are people in the world that can bogard themselves and tap into that like you just have to to sort of agree to it because it's something that I can't deny yeah because I, I don't know if it's real or if it's not or if it's just like totally made up via the movie you know what I mean or like like what to tap into in terms of like would they have done anything wrong I don't think they could have done anything different because they only had one option so do you think that those spirits like why were they in the further and mm. what does this movie say about the afterlife I think that this movie creates an afterlife picture that is so sad and more like a purgatory if anything like it doesn't give a lighting it doesn't give a it gets it's just very stuck Mm -hmm. because when he goes into the further it's first off you're lost within it and without a light like without a way out luckily he was able to find his way through like other entities but what he encounters in the further is so like 
morbid and st- and statuesque and even like truly the the even that when they're in the living room and he's in that in the house in the living room there are these mannequin like 1950s sort of dolls that are like turning smiling and like looking at each other in weird ways and then shooting each other in weird ways that like they play out the drama that uh-huh. and that's very classic ghost theory yeah that is you know these ghosts have led a traumatic mm-hmm. death and so they will continue to play out their traumatic death in the purgatory yeah that most people you know i think this movie um tries to explain give an explanation for why people who are hypersensitive would see ghosts mm-hmm. and this movie also gives some explanation as to why like photographers would right catch ghosts on camera oh because my God, you have yeah. all those like film mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that i just thought it was interesting that's like, true like the parallels between the frequency of them experiencing uh, phenomena mm-hmm. versus like the relationships that were happening between the parents mm-hmm. like joshua lambert is the name of the dad renee lambert is the name of the mom or mm-hmm. renee um and she's a musician which is so lightly just put thrown in the beginning oh my god it's like oh by the way the children are asleep while she plays on the piano singing her like off-brand vanessa carlton song yeah As she hears Latin being spoken upstairs, it's so weird. It's really just weird. a little plot. It's like give give Rose Byrne just something as an actress to work with. Yeah, because she's great. I love her. I, I really do think that both of them are really great uh, scary movie actors. Do you think they are good actors as a whole? Like uh, in other bodies of work. That... Only, yeah, because you specifically said they are good horror movie actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know what you mean by that. Um, the subtleties, they play into the subtleties of the scare, like, very well. I feel like it's, it's, like, very believable, very, um, especially, too, because they're younger, maybe, that I'm able to see, I'm like, oh, that's how I would react in that circumstance and relate in relation to wise rather than, like, a stereotype. They're not really stereotypical anything. They're just two parents that live in this house and are raising a family. Yeah. Uh, versus like a bunch of teenagers out on a dock looking for a something in the water. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're very good at um, reacting very realistically mm-hmm. to the circumstances, I agree. especially her. I think uh, with in regards to her children and how she like goes and cares for them when they're in need and whatnot. Fear of the like spiritual world, the demonic world, fear of and like fear of um, change, even too, I think is like a big portion of it. Like, it, or, or, and honestly, like family history, because you learn later that the father, Joshua has also the ability to, had the ability to, when he was a child, leave his body and travel into the further uh, when he was asleep and encountered a demon within, like, that came into the pictures that he would, his demon was, like, very forward in his real life. They call, I forget what they mentioned, it's the real, like, when he, your real life body is on Earth and then the other body, it's, like, two different entities. I forget the name of it, but... Mm-hmm. 
his circumstance was even more like prominent because his mother had kept that secret. So it's like the fear of like what is the fear of fear too, I think is like maybe now that I'm like talking about it, I'm like the fear of fear and you like get all this unloaded, like thanks mom for maybe not mentioning that there was this demon that you captured in pictures all throughout my life and then just hand it to me now as I'm dealing with this with my son. And really, yeah. And really just because this is so family oriented, Mm -hmm. just the fear of, the fear of family history, mm-hmm. the fear of... I mean, you could easily apply this or layer, right. map this over, um, like, diabetes. I was going to say, like disease, yeah. any mental illness. Yeah, mental illness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, really, they're, the mom, um, you know, I mean, what what would have been her reason for not telling him in his adult life? Right. At, like, at what point, like, what point, like, what when did she decide to hide it? And at what point did it end? You know, like, that she consciously was like, well, he's an adult now, and he went to college. I guess I don't have to take worry about this anymore. Yeah. He's got to deal with it. And then how did it not progress at all as far as it has with his son? Because his son, it, it, it seemed almost instantaneous that this he had this going on, that he was able to travel so further into the further, and no one was catching on to it. And it was so intense, too. And maybe that says something, too, about children's ability or openness mm-hmm. and so um stranger things like it, like it's and that's like what's very um in horror i guess hot it's what's sort of hot yeah which is also scary that it's uh, <laughs> focusing around infants and children i just can't be i do have one and it was this, i think the scariest moment of the um movie is when the white-haired woman um what's her name I forget uh she was talking to them she was telling them about her past and she was talking she had already mentioned the red-faced man and they're sitting in that they're just sitting in a living room and it's very like bright lighting very and that's the other thing about this movie that I love is that actually most of the scary like a lot of the scary stuff happens during the day like when like the mother catches a ghost child playing hide and go seek basically with her in the house and it is bright daylight the windows are open it's terrifying and it's it makes it all the more like well the dark isn't the only place to deal with these demons they're everywhere but back to my favorite moment they're in the bright the bright room called day and um they're sitting there and it's a very quick camera cut but you go from, like, this woman at a very, like, she's telling them, warning them about the demon that she just saw. And you cut from her shot to Patrick Wilson sitting across from her. And in an instant, there is a red face. It's, like, the red-faced person she's talking about that was hovering over their child's bed is right behind Patrick Wilson, staring into the camera. And it is the most, it is so terrifying. I, like... I have, I've never screamed harder. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, taken aback. And it was maybe a two-second shot. I love that. And I also really loved when they were um, bringing, like, they were working with the woman in the gas mask she had on. And there was all of that pandemonium coming out with, like, she was being possessed as the guy is writing down what the demons are saying. Like, because they're doing, do like, think- a telepathic moment of writing it all down. And, and it was like super I really was interested in and wish we could have gotten more of those like 
three sisters that were hiding in the bureau. Like, the one paranormal guy. The, there's those two paranormal poltergeist guys that, like, schism. Just gonna schism. I find very interesting because it seems like they're the comedic relief of the movie. And it's so weird because they're just these two Joe Schmo, like, run-of-the-mill guys that just show up and are like, hey, what's up? We're gonna do the reading of the house. Very, like... I don't care, like, they're very out of shape, I don't care, guys, just whatever, all right, we're gonna look, take a look around, and the one guy shoots the, um, he has some sort of lens to look in that changes colors that can have him try to see a presence or whatnot, and through that, he ends up seeing these, like, two girls coming out of a bureau that are super freaky-deaky, but we never find out any more about them, and we see them then, and we see them later in the further but we're like, oh, what's their deal? I would, I wonder, I like those, the spirits, even the one that ran around that, that played hide-and-go-seek with the mom. I'm like, where those, I like them because they're, they're sweet and interesting. But I'm like, where do they come into play? And is there a connection to, some, to something within yeah. any of the characters? Or are they just archetypes of, like, scary children that are haunted? Like, The Shining. Like, those two girls reminded me of The Shining. And that little kid running around was just... Maybe it seemed like maybe the child as a ghost. It was weird. I think he would need to. I love everything that happened in the second half of the movie. I love it all. I love all the the angst and the fun and the oh we're getting the pieces put together. But the oh the beginning is slow and the beginning I don't have any connection to either of the either of the parents or the kids I have no reason to care that when it says three months later after the son gets a coma what's gonna happen and I, I feel like if I were to do it differently I would set up the beginning just with maybe more of a happier family they were just a very sad family moving into their house to begin with um give like give some sort of a, a like a more something to start with it's fuller to have a better payoff of things going awry. I want to know why choose the sleep portal? Why choose the whole going to sleep and having the like unconscious take you out and like where does one research and look into that and decide that that's a like or like I wonder how you create that as the portal and make and feel really confident in that because to me if I came up with I was writing a scary movie and I decided to think oh well when you go to sleep your body can leave your body your body at, and on earth and travel to the further whatever that means and I, I don't think that's strong enough like saying that I don't think that that's like a strong enough like premise to go on so I wonder what like made them want to choose that and why um, yeah, I think that they do a really good job. The writers, it's more cinematography wise of the of care, like creating these demons because they're terrifying and scary. But they also never. This is one of those movies too that like no one dies. No, I mean someone dies, but like no one dies from a demon, and you don't see any mutilation really at all. You don't. You just see it, it's the it's the effect of them that is what causes the terror, which is very and it's done very well because you're terrified watching it and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? But I'm I'm curious. Like I think that that's that's an accomplishment that they have made 
in this movie is creating that without killing. And it's interesting knowing that they also did that versus this with the demonic sense of... And, and, and I wondered that they were able to just keep it demonic without really introducing God. They don't introduce any religion or any background of Satan. Satan's not even mentioned. And yet the the like biggest, baddest demon is like satanic in form with a tail and like claws and hooves and horns and a red face, you know? Do they ever call it they a never, demon, though? Um, I think uh, well, I think they, that she re- d- says it's a demon. Which she? Um, Eloise. Or oh, Elise. Elise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She names it a demon, but she names it something even more specific than a demon. Um, that is, I guess, the like the worst kind of I would give it probably for like structure and everything, all, all things considered, a B plus. Yeah, a B solid B plus. <laughs> but Insidious Two, I guess, is based around him. Uh huh. And that journey, it's a great setup. It's a great setup at the end of the movie. Yeah. Of Insidious. Mm-hmm. To lead into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This was so much fun. Thank yes. you so much for being on my oh, podcast. Yeah, of course. Yay. I had so much fun. Yeah. Me too. Scary, scary, scary. Oh, the